It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Titus, you won a parlay last night. Tell us about it. <laughs> I did. So last night after my Cavs parlay just completely went to heck because of Jared <laughs> Allen not getting eight boards. Ridiculous. <laughs> right when I was going to sleep, I said, you know what? FanDuel was offering a 50% profit boost for live in live same game parlays. Sounds like the Lakers game is on. Let me look at it. I seen LeBron had just did like a layup. He like brought it down here, brought it up. I saw he had an incredible yeah. fourth quarter. I was like, I have a really good game. So I said, let me go throw together a quick parlay and then I'm going to go to bed. So I, I did Anthony Davis, 20 points, Kawhi Leonard, 20 points, LeBron, 20 points, James Harden, two made threes, Norman Powell, my cousin, two made threes. He's not really my cousin. <laughs> and LeBron, three made threes, and D'Angelo Russell, three made threes. So a seven-leg parlay, I put $10 on it, put the profit boost on it. I won $300 Attaboy. when I woke up this morning. I was like, Nothing better than waking up to <laughs> the that yeah. Yes, sir. So shout-out to me for just <laughs> pulling around. Have it out to have and LeBron making seven trades. I tell you yeah, what, he, if you play in the night, I'm definitely taking you on the under on threes because I know you're not going to do that again. He, he had a tremendous fourth quarter. I don't know if you saw, but he had 19 in the fourth, yeah. outscored the Clippers by himself in the fourth quarter. Uh, kudos to LeBron. All right, and let's talk a little bit about the NFL PA report cards that came out yesterday. Before we dive into the individual grades, Jason, I know one of the questions we're going to ask is how much of these teams actually take into consideration the results of said report cards, and, and does it matter in the grand scheme of things? Stefanski was a, uh, asked about it yesterday. I know you were at the presser. Yeah. He mentioned the fact they're going to build a new weight room, which is one of the things they got dinged on, so yeah. kudos to the Browns for listening. But do you think these matter at all in, in the big picture? Do the teams actually take into consideration how their players vote and, and use that feedback for constructive criticism and, yeah. and ways to get better? Yeah, I think, I, I, I think it matters. To what extent, how much weight they put into it, I don't know. But I think that they do look at it. I think they do take it seriously. And you don't want to grade poorly in these year after year after year after year. Like, if it's a one-off, okay. But if year after year, the owner's getting bad marks, the coach is getting bad marks. I'm not saying the Browns are, but I'm saying if you're one of these organizations, yeah, that's a problem because players talk. And when you're choosing free agent destinations – some of these things I've talked about, you know, I talked to Ethan Postick about why he chose Cleveland. Strength and conditioning staff and Bill Callahan. That's why he came here were those two things. He really wanted both of them. Uh, and so team guys are going to look at things like the weight room. And the Browns, this isn't a 20-minute knee-jerk reaction to this. Like, they've known for a while they yeah. needed a better weight room. And this has been in the works for a while. Yeah. They just used yesterday as the opportunity to say, yes, we know, and we're, we're, we're addressing it, we're fixing it. They need a bigger practice facility, quite honestly. Yes, they do. Yeah, right? Because when I was there, obviously I came there after Seattle, and I remember they don't even got a full 100 yards indoor. No, It's like 80 or 70 or something like that. And the weight room's in there. And the weight room is really right outside. You walk out the glass door. Well, I mean, it's in in that same construct, yeah. But But since I've been there, so I was there in 2017, I walked through the facility last year, you know, during OTAs I had was walking through the building and they've changed it but i agree with you it's just too small like it's it's not a lot of room in there it's not a place that i feel like you can hang out i feel like the locker room was kind of 
not great. Locker room's tight. Yeah, yeah. it's tight. It's, it's not. Tight. It's not a place that like you could just sit in there and just chat. Like yeah. in Seattle, it's so big. It's like a huge room where everybody's in there. You could just sit there and just talk. Like I feel like it's so confined and so tight that they gotta fix those things. We'll run through the grades in one sec, but from a player perspective, Tyvis, you know, were these things you considered? And did you ever look at an NFLPA report card when you were making? I know, I know, you were kind of on a we want you come to us situation, not a ton of options. But would you right. look at that? Would you have looked at that if that was part of the decision-making process when you were playing in the league? Would I have looked at the report card? No. I mean, you probably would have talked to guys. Right? <laughs> yeah, I would have talked to guys. But it, I'm saying, but what, like when I went, it does matter what people say about yeah. a certain situation, right? Yeah, but I'm always the guy that I got to see it for myself. Like when I would, if I was, say I was, <laughs> let's say that I was really good and I was a big-time free agent and I was going to visit these places. You know, I, how you treat my family, that matters. That's something that's very important to me. And I think that was on the report that was card, on, yes. which they scored not good. I think it was like a D minus. The Browns like got a D minus on that. Which yes. is crazy because Shelby Harris said that one of the reasons he tried, he decided to come here is because they treated his wife with so much respect and so much class. So he respected that. But that's neither here nor there. But, <laughs> also, but some of that also is like, what's the family room situation? And I don't know with the Browns. What's the family room situation in the stadium? Yeah. What setup do you have Day, for the they, kids? Daycare was something they asked right, about. Yeah. Right. So that, that, yeah, that's fair. That goes they, into how you treat fair. the family. The Browns, according to this, they are one of 12 teams that do not provide their players, families, with a family room at the stadium. Oh, and there I saw, I saw well, that's that, a big problem. In the report card, too, they said the post-game family room is outside. Yes, in the it's, in the, it's a tent in a parking lot. Oh, that's horrible. That's bad. That's horrible. Yeah, that's really bad. So, a couple of big picture takeaways <laughs> I had from this. Uh, and I, I kind of actually do have a, a little bit of an issue with how they put out these grades. And we'll run through all the grades in one sec. But I do have a little bit of an issue of how the NFLPA just kind of slaps these report cards out there without giving the proper context to each grade. So, first and foremost, with the facilities, the Browns scored poorly <laughs> in the locker room section. They said it's too small. It's outdated. They said the weight room was too small. It outdated. Is. It is. Stefanski comes out yesterday, says they're going to build a new weight room. Well, I love to hear that they're listening and they know those upgrades are necessary. They're going to make them. But that all points to the bigger picture of why Jimmy wants a new stadium. Like That kind of is all encompassing with. Well, these are two different issues. The stadium is different from the practice facility. Like, well, they talk about the weight room just in the, in unless the stadium. The, unless but it's, the, all, it's all tied together, right? Unless they they're moving. Unless when he builds a stadium, he's building a practice facility. I assume facility on that lot the they'd have, yeah, they'd have the practice facility Cause like, there. Because I was, so when I played in Seattle, the practice facility and the stadium was two different places. But if I played in San Francisco, they're all together. It's all together. You should, your locker room, your game day locker room is your practice locker room. So I if always, they're moving to that, okay, then you're yeah. about to build a new weight room and all of that. I was under the assumption that if they move to Brook Park, it'd all be one encompassing. But it's thing. like all, isn't it's like right there. The practice facility, the practice facility is very close. close to Brook Park. It's it's very. I mean, it's not. You can't use the same locker room, obviously. No, but, but yeah, it's literally it like close. right up the street. That's actually a good question that I don't have the answer to. If they would just move everything to the stadium, or if they would keep them, because Jimmy bought up a bunch of land around the facility. That's, what I'm, I, that, that's why I was under the assumption. Yeah, it, I thought not, he was doing it, was, it to build it up, like well, put restaurants and hotels. Well, that's part of it. Too, well, no, but. we're talking two different <coughs> things. restaurants and hotels around the practice facility no, in Berea. No, around the stadium. Yes. The yes. stadium. Well, that's a big yes. plot of land. That's plenty big enough for a new stadium, a practice facility, and hotels, restaurants, bars, and you all think? that. That's a big plot it's, of land, Travis. I, it's my impression. I've not heard anything about. I've not heard anything about a practice facility going there. I thought that was going to be a stadium and all mixed use development I mean, around it. The practice facility is literally five minutes from there. Right. Yeah. Like, it's very very close. 
But to your point, if you want it all in one, you could do that. You could do that, but right now it's not all in one if it's five minutes away. Yeah. Like it's five minutes, but that's still five minutes. It's yeah. still the like car ride and everything else. So I, I have not heard anything about a practice facility on that land in Brook Park. I thought it was that was just a stadium in mixed use. They have so much land that they've bought up and they're just sitting on in Berea around the current facility that they're still trying to figure out what exactly to do with that I it's I, I could be wrong, but my I thought that they were gonna rebuild that in Berea, make that a nice practice facility, and then obviously the Brook Park thing is totally separate. That may not ever even happen. Well, you know, you know better than I do, so I'm not gonna. I, I just assume with that much. I don't know. That, I don't that, have that the answer. answer. I, I, I've never I thought never about thought that. Yeah, I've never thought about that. Yeah. Like, well, no. that can be the next question you ask. But yeah. the other issue I have, and this is kind of my real issue with how the NFLPA presented these grades, is they just put out the report card and it says head coach for the Browns B minus, twenty mm-hmm. eighth in the league. And I asked DeAnthony Bell to his face yesterday. I guess I was behind the glass, but hey, DeAnthony, this just came out. Kevin Stefanski got a B minus in terms of his grade. Everyone we talked to seems to love Kevin Stefanski, and he was surprised. He, he said, was "I'm surprised." Shocked. Yeah, he was shocked. Well, it turns out if you read into it, the question they ask about a head coach is: Is your head coach efficient with his time, and is he willing to listen to the locker room? Yeah. Well, when you just slap a B minus on a Twitter <laughs> graphic and put 28 out of 32. How the hell am I supposed to know those were the two questions that the players were asked? And Kevin Stefanski, in my opinion, is a terrific head coach. He's a two-time <laughs> coach of the year in his four years as the Browns head coach. You can argue it's a player vote, who likes him, who doesn't. I, I know that that's the players voting on this B-minus grade. But you got to put some context to it because if you just see a B-minus, when I asked the Anthony Bill yesterday, I was under the assumption, is he a good head coach? Do you like your head coach? Well, you definitely. And that is not what the actual questions were. And now I feel like in – Kind of an asshole for asking DeAnthony Bell to talk about something that was completely irrelevant to what was the point. Well, he and an- the NFLPA put just puts it out. B minus. He answered out of the question though. You said what was the two questions that they asked? Is he is he efficient with his time and, and does he, he listen to the locker room? Well, he answered the second one because he said he's a player's and, coach. Well, he said he was shocked by the result. Yeah, he said he said I don't see why anybody yeah. would say that he's a player's coach. He listens to what we have to say. So my point is, when input. you put these out there, it, it's doing a disservice to what you're actually asking. Just to slap a B minus next to well, Kevin Stefanski. It's, it's ridiculous that a B minus is 28th. Well, it just shows that every player is voting an A for their head coaches. Pretty much, well, but yeah, put, put some they, context. Don't nobody want to put no job on the line. <laughs> well, I mean, this is anonymous. Yeah, I was, yeah, whatever. I was, <laughs> I was surprised when I saw the B minus, and especially if that's the criteria. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Some some guys, it's lip service when they say this stuff. I believe Kevin means it when he says he's got his locker room down on the player's level and door's always open. He said it again yesterday. Door's always open. He very much believes in this leadership council that he's assembled with these guys of, hey, if there's an issue, let me know. Bring mm-hmm. it to me. You know, take it to the – he meets with the, these guys on the leadership committee. How, I don't even know how often it is, but fairly frequently. And, and he wants to know if there's issues. So, if the things that you want to ding Kevin for, I don't know that 
not being available to the players or, you know, not being approachable or however they phrased it, I would not and the have time, it on the list. the time thing is crazy. Cause That's it's, curious. It's literally, they literally be by, like, it's, we got, you only got we got this much practices from this to this, yes. yeah, and that's it. Like, because yeah. the NFLPA gonna come out there, and it's like well, you better be getting off the field. <laughs> well, so I, I guess my big issue though is like, you know, I had to do some legit, not legit digging, but you have to physically click on the article, scroll down to said section, find out the questions asked, and see how they they graded. Yeah, well, but he, they don't put that on the, on the report card. They just put B minus twenty eighth, and that feels like it's a shot against the fancy. But when you actually read into it. It has nothing to do with Can this I coaching see that? Let me see that graphic again. Do you want all the and, grades? And let's run through all the yeah, grades we'll real quick. we'll run through all the grades real quick, but just to your point here, Mike, it says only 70% of players feel that head coach Kevin Stefanski is efficient with their time. And then it goes to say players feel that he is somewhat willing to listen to the locker room, but it doesn't give a number of players that say he's willing to listen. So I don't know what they're going on here. Like Even their own context doesn't seem to be consistent across it. But we'll go over <coughs> We'll start with It just feels like dumb criteria to judge a head coach when there's so many aspects. How about beating San Francisco with P.J. Walker? Yeah. Like, like where, where does that factor into the group? Well, he was actually asked yesterday what's more important to him. Uh, getting wait, to wait a minute. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> that it's a, it's a kudos to Kevin no, Stefanski. It's a notch in his belt. What? P.J., you talking about that winner? Uh, don't Walker? let him do it. Don't let him pull you into that <laughs> hole. What about him? P.J. Walker led a great fourth quarter game when he drive that, that game. He was great. He was 0 for 5, and they got the points. Don't do it. Don't let him pull you into that hole. Did he win again? Don't let I him do it. I just said they won. He was Don't great on that okay, fourth quarter drive. That's, yeah. that's at the end of the day, you know. Me and him are the same. Go ahead with your point. I, just, I couldn't let him no, pass. I know. I, like I, I said it. You know, it's a, he won it with P.J. Walker. What's that supposed to that mean? That P.J. hole is where you live. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Kevin was asked yesterday what is more important to him when he coached the year for the second time. We're getting a B-minus on the report card, and – he wisely said no comment. But I'll tell you which one's more important to him. That coach of the year is going to add some extra zeros to that next contract. That's way more important than that player report card. So his, his price tag is going up. And let's talk about the rest of the grades here. In terms of, and I'm reading off my phone, I apologize, but treatment of facilities, they got a D minus that was 26 in the NFL. Food, I thought on my glasses on. This, food, you want me to read it for you, Mike? this one gets me. And you, re- you read through it, yeah. All right, Hang on. so treatment of families is a D minus. Food and cafeteria is a C plus. Right there, stop. That gets right. me. Because you've been there. Because I've been there. And I, heck, I, to be honest with you, when I do the radio, I still eat there sometimes too. Now, I will say the cafeteria is not big. It's not a big cafeteria. But that food. They rank 19th. That in food overall is food good. Taste. I don't know who the dude on the grill. I remember as a player, I would come in. Whoever they had on the grill back in 2017 was a magician. The dude made some phenomenal food. The food has always been good with the at the facility. Now at the games, that, Jason, well, that's, you, would you like to comment totally on different. the media? I, I don't want to talk about that. That's a different <laughs> story. But the food at the facility is, is as it, it should be. Legitimate <laughs> difference, Davis, in, in your different stops. The quality. Of food from San Francisco to Seattle, okay. from Seattle to, to Cleveland. Like, is there an actual difference, or is it all the same? Uh, and stuff? Well, hold on. Seattle had one of the best sandwich makers I've ever had. This man made this tuna milk. I think about it to this day. <laughs> it is that good. San Francisco, they they have a plethora of stuff you can order. Like you, obviously, like you, they have the the catered meal, but you can always go to the grill and order something. So that always made that good. What I liked about Cleveland is, is that I was only here for OTAs, so let me take that. You were still a Brown. Yeah, I was, I was there for OTAs. I like, to, I, like to, I, I like to be real with the audience. I was there for OTAs. That's it, okay? 
Um, in that time, I was leaving Seattle, but I loved the food at the Cleveland Browns more than I like Seattle's food. Wow. Like I thought except that, the tuna melt. Except the tuna melt, because they didn't make tuna melts at the Browns. But the Browns, That's the, the dude cheese. on the grill, like he made some really good like it was like the the cater or the team meal that they made that everybody had to eat, or if you didn't want that, you can go to the grill. Like mm-hmm. I like the option that they have yeah. better than what they had in Seattle, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like Seattle would be like say they made I don't know salads or something, but the Browns made chicken and waffles. Like I obviously I want the chicken and waffles. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I like the options that they have better. So it was a good cafeteria. Yeah, the cafeteria was good. And let's go through the rest of the grades. Uh, real quick, just you know, 49ers were a minus in food, and then Seahawks. Were I ain't food. listen. I didn't say nothing about the 40. The 49ers was great. That that dude made this bison burger over there. <laughs> Man, I tell you, boy. Was it all free? Heck oh, yeah. yeah. What's wrong well, with you? If you read the report, there's some teams that charge. For the players? Yeah. Well, no. They got Fs. No. They got Fs. No. Now, in San Francisco, if you was like a running, worked in the front office, you had to pay. But players, free. Oh, my God. Cincinnati charged the corner of the report. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, that's why, that's why Chad Johnson went to McDonald's all the time. Broke-ass Bengals franchise. Yeah, the Bengals got F minus in treatment of families, food and cafeteria, and nutritionists. They got a D plus in locker room, and then they got a B plus across the rest of everything else. Yeah. All right, and let's go to the rest of the grades. All right, so next up we got nutritionists and dietitians. It was a C plus, and then team travel was a D for us. So that pretty much covers everything is like a player. One of the team travel things I wanted to point out was that they said certain players – Based on your status, like starter versus not, like you may have to have a roommate. Yes. You have to pay if you didn't want to have a roommate on the road for certain oh, players. So there's Which was not super uncommon, by the way. There's 67% of players that felt like they were had a comfortable amount of personal space during the flights, which was 26 overall. And then there are one of seven teams that require some players to have roommates the night before a game. No players should have to have a roommate. That's ridiculous. That's They don't even make us bunk up. I'm trying to think about <laughs> like that with right the now. same company, like the athletic. We've got 20 people there. Nobody's shacking up. That's like, funny everybody gets their because own I don't think I've, I don't think I had a roommate either. I had no point. Like guys, these are eight yeah, games. I did not. About. I never eight had or a nine games. Like NBA guys don't share rooms. That's 81, <laughs> 41 road games. Like baseball players, but it's probably but not. It's only no. it's 12 slot, 12 people. What are you talking about? In the NBA. Well, yeah. Opposed to okay, but a travel team was but there's 63, only eight or there's people. only eight or nine road games. Like it's not like it's a ton of road games. Listen, you're pretty sure quiet. I didn't have a roommate. Yeah, that's <laughs> I never had a roommate. No, these guys should not be having. Depending on depending on my status, no NFL team. Depending on my status, I feel like I may have had a roommate once. If you made the travel roster, you but should not have to share. Season? I I do agree with that. Like. The, no, that was in the preseason. I didn't have a regular season. I never had a roommate. Yeah, I didn't have a roommate. This is a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar franchise. Y'all could afford an extra hotel room or two. Like, I, I think that should be a non-negotiable. They said and seven teams. The Browns are one of seven. Yes, who, they're one of seven. That, that number should be zero. And I, I actually feel pretty steadfast, and I don't think I'll ever budge on that. But that should be zero. The Browns have – they got to cut – they cut budgets at, at certain places. They, you know, they can't afford – What should it be in terms of – Hotel rooms. On I the can't road. even get direct deposit, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get direct deposit. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, that's another issue. <laughs> and what, what are the next grades? 
The next grades, we're going back. To locker room was a D plus, which we already mentioned that it was way too small. Training room got a C plus. Training staff got a B minus. Weight room got a D, and then the strength coaches got a B plus. So it seems like we have the personnel, but not the facilities. Here's the problem with that. Cleveland is not a free agent destination in any sport, especially given the Browns' history over the last 20 years. You have to go over and above on all of these things to just give yourself a chance mm-hmm. when it comes to attracting and retaining top players. Like, you're not going to sell them on the climate, the weather it is what it is. <coughs> you can't change the 20 years of dysfunction, but you have to, you have to really go over the top. Agree or disagree? I agree with you. And everything else. You got to make the facilities and everything just so nice. The that stuff that you can because, control yeah. has to be over the top. Think nice. about yeah. this. A free eight, Cleveland, like you said, Cleveland isn't a place that people are like, people oh, get let's, so mad. let's go to Cleveland. People get so <laughs> mad when I say that. Because Joe Kim Noah said it and that was a, but well, let's I, go to Cleveland. It's not a, on <laughs> any, like, Guardians face it, Browns face it, Cavs face it. Well, it is not a free agent destination it's in not, any sport. It's not. But what people find out is when you come to Cleveland, you actually have a good time. But as far as the facilities go, the way you can help a free agent come is you spend the majority of your time here anyways. So at least make it a place that got lots of stuff that you could do. Like make the place big. Make it the locker room bigger. Because that's where people want to hang out with. That's where you hear all the stories at in the locker room. uh, Get some more games in there. Ping pong tables, all these things. Make sure the weight facility, the weight room is good. Make sure the practice facility is good. Like I don't I don't see why you wouldn't you you you, you're you're literally behind on these things. Because like I said, if, if this was LA, you wouldn't have to do all those things. But in the city of Cleveland, you have to do those things because it's not an attractive place. And it's not just on the NFL level. Like, to go to college for a second, you know, I could speak to A&M, putting almost a billion dollars into upgrading facilities that aren't that old. Yeah. LSU just completely redid their football locker yeah, Ohio, Titus, Ohio State. We to redid ours, but they need to do it again. I mean, Every Ohio couple State, of years because it just continually, the, the ante's being pushed and pushed and pushed need, and yeah, pushed. They, the Ohio, and you talk the, to recruits, To be honest with you, like, the Woody needs to just, they need to redo the whole Woody, to be honest with you. Is that supposed to be open to the public or did we break in? What's your mom? The the Woody, the like where all the trophies are displayed. Because I took no, that's my, open to the public. Okay, because I took my son in there. Well, so you should have you should have called me. I'd have came and put my thumbprint on it. We could have walked the whole whole. Well, whole. my I, thumbprint still works. I haven't Doesn't, been in there. Yeah, I haven't no. been in there since I covered that team, and that was well before you were there. That I, I mean, I I stopped covering them in two thousand. You should have you should have. I would have thumbprinted. Told you to walk all the way down, halfway down the hall, look to the right where it's the team up north, and just watch that TV, and you'll hear them say. Tyvis Powell <laughs> saves the season. <laughs> but Ty, I mean, you know, with your collective stuff, like facilities do matter to these recruits. And yeah. I know a recruit and a free agent aren't apples to apples, but you're essentially selling. Oh, your, it is. Well, it is apples to apples these days. Apples to pears. It's, like it's, I, it's, 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 it's like a it's a fruit basket. Recruits fruit are free agents yeah. anymore. Yes. But like, but you get what I'm saying? Like these, these facilities do make a difference. And we talked to enough kids. You know, I was covering them in high school back in Texas and Tennessee. Like, oh, why'd you pick this school over this school? Well. This was pre-NIL, and now I'm sure NIL money plays more of a factor, but playing time and their facilities blew us away. It was incredible how nice. They had recliner chairs <coughs> in the locker. They had nap pods. They have video game stations hooked up. Like, yeah, it is incredible all, now yeah. how much these colleges are spending on facilities, and I'm actually surprised on the, the professional level. That they're not? It, it, yeah, even with the Cavs. I'm not sure, Jason. I've only been in two NBA locker rooms, but I went in on Tuesday for the first time. You wasn't impressed? It just wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. Well, they redid it a few years ago, and they've got the player lounge. That's oh, really is, it, nice. is that next? Yes. Okay, so 
So oh, that's yeah. where they hide now from us. They have the player <laughs> lounge and all that where they have all the so now they didn't have that before. That was that's since twenty eighteen. When I went in Boston's locker room, it was, it was all one one room, which is why Boston. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boston doesn't have that, I don't think. But the Cavs, when they redid the queue four or five years ago, they redid uh, the lock. They redid the hole underneath so that they've got this really nice player lounge now and cafeteria style dining room or whatever. They've, they, it's it's pretty nice down there. They've done a really nice job. The, that building, it, it is what it is, and it's still on the lower end of NBA arenas, but they've done a nice job with the remodel down there, trying to do the best they can to maximize every inch that they can. Uh, so the Cavs have done a nice job with that. And now the Guardians are running into that. The Guardians are trying to renovate, and the construction costs are so outrageous, they keep having to pull things out of, of their remodel that they're going yeah. through right now. So, I'm just surprised. I know it's going up and up and up on the collegiate ranks. I'm just surprised that that same thing hasn't followed. <laughs> but I thought the they did ranks. because when I went to the building, they was renovating something. Guardians or Browns? The Browns. This was like two years ago, maybe three years ago. The practice facility? Yeah. Yeah, they've done what some. What did they do? Offices, I think. Offices and front-facing stuff. Look at his face. I think. Thomas Camera 3. Come on, you know you can't. But – the, in terms of like the indoor practice facility, like I think they're kind of hamstrung right now. They can't really make that any, or they would have already. They can't make it bigger. It kind of is what it is. Yeah, right? I mean they now they they've bought the land, but they would have to like level it and redo the whole thing. I think. Why did they get rid of the hill outside? I don't know. That's a good question. It was the <laughs> Belichick was, hill when I was a kid, and I used to come up here to go watch practice and stuff. I thought it was still uh, there. They get rid of it. Did they heal? They don't make them. The I, Belichick conditioning. Yeah. Hill? I don't think they can it's not... probably use the one over at BW Stadium. It's the same thing. That hill used to make me laugh because I used to watch players have to go up and down it. That was the uh, day one conditioning test, wasn't it? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. But I think. I, too, that hill was steep. But I, I, I think that they do have things in the world. I know they want a new indoor 100-yard mm-hmm. facility. It, they're just kind of cramped or hamstrung. right? Like, I mean, these facilities are 30 years old. You know, or more. I don't even know what year they opened that thing in Bria. I think when they came back in '99, maybe when it opened. Maybe they are. Maybe they are moving everything to the stadium. I'll check into it. Because if that's the case, if they kind of hampered and can't really extend it and do all that, might as well move. Might as well move it. I mean, he bought all that land up, but now they're just sitting on it. They haven't really done anything with it. In Berea. I'm talking Berea. Berea. Uh, Jimmy also, and what was Jimmy's ownership grade real quick? Ownership grade was a B. Club owner Jimmy Haslam received a rating of 8.6 out of 10 by Browns players when considering his willingness to invest in the facilities. 17th overall. So right dead smack in the middle. It, it's funny when you see the big picture of these. The Miami Dolphins got A's in every category. Either A minus A or A plus. They're, what, middle of the pack? Like they're decent, okay, not great by any but means. But it's in Miami, though. Like, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, you see a team that get all A's across this, they're okay. What did the Kansas, Chiefs? What did Kansas City get? Chiefs got an F minus for ownership. It was, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Brooke Pryor put out a tweet. <laughs> really? Did you see the Brooke Pryor tweet? I'm not sure what Brooke said. No, but about the Chiefs and why they is Brooke Pryor the Steelers? Steelers supporter. She does the Steelers, but she came from Kansas City. She covered the Chiefs prior to. At the end, end of the day, at the end of the day, while Jason's looking for this, it comes down to your quarterback and your head coach. Yeah, but it, all, all this report card stuff is cool and it's fun to talk about in the middle of the <laughs> December. The Chiefs got an uh, F. Well, F minus. Here it is. So the, whole, the absolute worst you can get. J.C. Treader, NFLPA president, <laughs> says Chiefs owner Clark Hunt was lowest graded NFL <laughs> owner because there was a lack of follow through on promises. For example, this is from Treader, the team was promised a renovated locker room when they returned this season. 
after winning the Super Bowl last year. So coming into this season, they were going to have a re- renovated locker room, except only new chairs were added. The players were told they, quote, went too far in the playoffs and they didn't have time to renovate. So if the Chiefs weren't so good, if they'd stop winning damn Super Bowls, maybe they'd have some time in Kansas City to renovate some things. So, yeah, so the teams I that scored he, high he didn't necessarily translate to on-field success. That's, tre- that's according to Treader. Teams why. that graded low I obviously see why did Legereus well. Snee said, I'm about to get a trade up out of here, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something to keep it on. And you said something on the Chiefs? Oh, yeah, if you guys wanted, uh, he got – their owner, Clark Hunt, got a 4.9 out of 10 in willingness to invest. Their training staff also had an F. Their training room got a D. Their locker room got an F. And the nutrition dietitian got an F. Food got a C-. minus, And then the treatment of the families got a D plus. Yeah. They do provide a family room and daycare across the street on uh, uh, game day. So, like I was saying, you got Miami, who has all A's across the board, first-round exit. You have – uh, Kansas City, who couldn't pass the third grade with those grades, and they've won back-to-back Super Bowls. So at the end of the day, the conclusion we can come to is if you have Patrick Mahomes, nothing else matters, right? A little caveat to the family things on Kansas City, though. They said the players just want it not to be across the street for daycare. They want it on the facility. So that's nitpicking probably in their voting. Well, it doesn't matter because they say, they're saying that uh, Patrick Mahomes 2.0 entering the league this year. Caleb Williams? That's what they say. We'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> That's an awfully high bar. Yeah, maybe the greatest ever. We're just going to pay him off the bat. No pressure, right? That's what they say. You know, Chicago about to move off of my Chicago board. is trading Justin Fields. Yeah, they, he's, going, he's going to Atlanta. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. I don't well, there was that video. Did you see him celebrating? Yeah. His, his agent posted Going it. home. I mean, you're going home. Yeah. I mean, you put two and two together. He's yeah. from right outside Atlanta. I was poking around. It, the, it doesn't sound like the Steelers are in on Justin Fields. No, they so. have, it's Russell Wilson. I don't think it's him. I, that sounds like Kenny Pickett. That's the greatest news I've heard all day. He has small hands. Let's go. That's. I, I, I kind of think it's Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh this year. That's Mike Tomlin writing his own death wish. I'm, I'm, do, I'm a little surprised him? too. Is it last year's contract? What are they gonna do now? Pay him? He'll find another job in a, tomorrow. I'm they telling you. I agree with you. By the way, I think they should go after Russ. Yeah. But they should go after anybody. I think literally anybody's an upgrade over Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, and I know they're going to let Trubisky go. Has he been officially released? If not, Trubisky, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. I thought he did like two weeks ago. Yeah. That's what, I, I just was, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, he's gone. All right, and what's up next? Yeah, we're going to react to Kevin Stefanski's presser, but real quick, guys, if you want even more Browns coverage, don't forget that Mondays and Fridays, G. Bush has the Ultimate Browns show at 5 o'clock every Monday and Friday, give or take. Uh, the times do vary, but he's usually live there around 5 o'clock. I don't know what he has up on the docket for tomorrow. He hasn't let me know yet. But tune in to Friday at 5 for the Ultimate Browns show. Jason, you were in Indianapolis yesterday. You were at Kevin Stefanski's press conference. He spoke for about 20 minutes to the media on a plethora of different topics. Revealed a lot. What was your main takeaway? I thought she was going to say and said nothing. <laughs> no, well, I, was, I was joking. Yeah. What was your main takeaway from Kevin Stefanski's 20-minute presser? From Indianapolis. I actually thought it was interesting that uh, he volunteered up that he and Ken Dorsey are going to L.A. next week to see Deshaun. Not necessarily a talk football, but more of a, I think it's more of a get-to-know-you session between Ken and Deshaun. He said they're just hanging out type thing. Deshaun's going to start throwing next month, which technically is tomorrow, but I'd say within the coming weeks he's going to start throwing. Uh, what else did he say? He um, He's unsure on who call plays at this point still, which – we assume it's going to be the case until, until training camp. Yeah. 
they're trying to downplay that as you would expect. Uh, we'll see on that. The joint practices are going to be with Minnesota. They're going back to the Greenbrier. I guess that's going back to what AB said, right? I'm, now I'm getting confused to who said what. AB said it, and then he commented on it, why he liked it. He said it was good to have guys together with no phone service <coughs> for nine days. Yeah. That was beneficial. Yeah, so they're going back to the Greenbrier. Uh, Joint practices are going to be with Minnesota. He likes a get to get a team that he's got familiarity with, obviously Philly and obviously Minnesota. He's very familiar with Minnesota. He likes the schemes that he wants a different look than what they see, than what the Browns run. Uh, so they're going to do two years now. He, we know he loves joint practices. This is probably going to be a recurring thing. Still no word on Brazil uh, in official or even an unofficial off-the-record capacity. There's no they, – they insist that they haven't heard anything yet. I thought – by announcing they were doing joint practice with Minnesota. To me, that was like, all right, we're playing Philly week one. We know it. They're, they're in, we can't I, have joint practice with the team we're going to play week one. Yeah, I talked to people like off to the side and unofficially off the record, everyone's saying the same thing. Like, we haven't heard anything. We don't know. Now, you would think like that, there's a lot of logistics that go in, that are involved in that. So you yeah. would think that that would come out sooner rather than later if – Hotel it, prices in Brazil, if they're doubling up, I mean, they better get on that soon. Well, I, I will not be making that trip. Why I have not? no interest. Oh, Lord, no. You, went to, you said you went to Brazil with LeBron and hated it. Yeah, it was awful. I mean, the trip was cool. It was great. Like, it was really cool to be there. Well, luckily, I'm not on the travel list with the team, so. Well, I sat middle seat Houston to Rio 13 hours. Oof. Oh, no. I never, like, that, oh, no. That, that broke me. That's, that broke that's me. tough. He I never, never recovered. I took, I actually, I took my wife and I gave her the window seat and I sat in the middle seat. What, what a gentleman. What a husband you and are. 13, husband 13, of the year. I was telling the Browns writers in India, I'm like, listen, don't make my mistake. Go through Miami. Don't go through Houston. It cuts like two or three hours off the trip. If you take Americans from Miami and I guess it's to Sao Paulo. So it's probably even a longer flight than Rio was. Um, but I, I will not be doing – I have no interest in doing that game. But they, they can have fun with it. Y'all have fun. I, ooh, ooh, I, I'll be doing it right from yeah, Maria. I'll be sitting there. <laughs> right here, Maria. Uh, but, I, I mean, it's a great experience. Like, I'm a little bit surprised that the league, if this happens, that the league is putting Deshaun on the national stage. Like, I guess the they – Start a season. Yeah. I mean, it, it is the spotlight moment. It's first ever Friday night game in, in 50, 60, 70 years in the NFL. And it makes it like, like if they do this, <coughs> he's officially out from underneath. You know, they've I felt like they've tried to hide him to this point. They haven't been a lot of national games, but if this happens, it's that's as big as it gets. And and you know, there's a lot of logistics for the Browns to figure out in terms of when you go out. I thought it was real was the same same time zone as Cleveland. It's just really far south, but I guess Sao Paulo is, is like two hours ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not dra- it's not like you know it's not a drastic change. No, it's not like going to Germany or something where it's six eight hours ahead or anything like that. It's still relatively close, but they'll have to figure out when do you go out there. Obviously, you come home right after, but you know figuring out a practice schedule for that. So uh, it, it has to be announced first. Like they, yeah. they still say they don't know. Other interesting things from Kevin yesterday. I have one thing you haven't mentioned yet. What's that? And when they broadcast these pressers, they yeah. really need to give a mic to the, the questions. Yeah, I know. You, I, you know, watching from back home, you have no idea who's asking the question. You can barely hear the question. So I don't even know how the question was phrased and or who asked the question, but I'm glad someone did. It was about motion and how the ESPN stats had them at uh, ranked 30th or 31st in yeah. use of motion. And then yeah. Kevin kind of said, well, we like the window dress, but we don't want to run unnecessary motion because it kind of could confuse too many. Sometimes too many moving parts isn't always a good thing. 
and not running enough motion was one of my complaints last year with the offense. Yeah. So to hear him at least acknowledge the fact that, hey, I'm aware, here's kind of why I don't, but I'm open to maybe adding a little more in the future, I thought it was a really good question and a, a, a kind of I would an love. actual answer from Kevin when he usually gives you nothing. I would love to play. If back in my day, I would love to play the Browns. You know why? Like against the Browns? Yeah, key, yeah. Why? Because I know what I got every play. <laughs> they don't move. That's the hardest. Listen, when you play defense, the hardest part is when they start, when them dude and receivers start motioning over, and now you got to think to yourself, oh, shoot, does this check? Does this change my responsibility? If it's not, especially if it's not man. If it's man, you just go with it. But if it's not that, it's some type of zone, you got to think to yourself, what do I got? So what I used to do is I used to get a whiteboard, and every that's how you got to learn the playbook. You got to just motion people and say, what do you got on this if this happens? When it happened in real time, it, 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 all the, it always makes you have to think. Like, unless you just know the playbook like the back of your hand, you always think, like, oh, my God, what's my new responsibility? The fact that they don't do that, oh, yeah. Just take the, snap, take the picture of the play or the formation. You know what you got, and you can start thinking about other things. But they used to under Kevin. That's what's weird. His first year or two, there was a lot of pre-snap motion. I mean, I don't have the numbers. I'd like to go back and, and get the rankings. I'm trying that. to find the numbers from Dorsey last season in Buffalo, how much motion they used. But it feels like... Y'all ain't going to motion. Sure. It, it, it feels like 2020, 2021, there was a lot more pre-snap motion with the Browns than what they showed last year. Because you're right, last year nobody moved. That, and I, I'm telling you, the defense, bad. Especially as a DB, bad. And that's part of, that's part of I, I think, is Kevin's strength is... The misdirection, and you think we're going here? I mean, think about there. think about Miami. Miami, they, they were number one in the league. They motioned that to Tyreek Hill, and everybody, oh my God, where yeah. is he going to stop? Where yeah. is he going? You think yeah. about Kansas City when they beat the Philadelphia Eagles, just sending a motion coming back, and then boom, sending him back across, left him, left Kadarius Tony wide open. So it, it, that motion stuff is really real when it comes to D because there's so much communication that has to happen that you can cause a lot of confusion. So I, I can't sparse it by week to week. I yeah. only have the full season numbers, yeah. but Buffalo 27th in the NFL in pre-step motion on just 13.4% of snaps. The Browns 31st at 12.4, so uh, just a 1% yeah. increase from Dorsey. Now, granted, he, he was only the coach for, what was it, 10 games? Offense coordinator for 10 games before he got fired, so – I don't know if that was more right. before the firing right. and then Brady used less or how that works out, but 27 and 31st in the league last season, according to Seth Walder from the ESPN motion chart. I just retweeted it from the UCSS account if anyone wants to go uh, take a look at it. As far as Deshaun visiting and meeting with Kevin Stefanski and Ken Dorsey in L.A., I know they said technically they can't talk football. I have to imagine there will be some football talked in these conversations. Of yeah, like that's just, once again, Tyvis, these are paid liars. Remember, you can't believe everything they say. I'm really, I, I want to see those two at a Lakers game, or those three at a Lakers game. Go check out the Hollywood sign. Check out the Venice boardwalk. Check out the like, Hollywood. Like, like, you like, can put them on a tour bus. Uh, honestly. Go past the homes. Oh, no, no, but, but here, we saw last season there was some sort of <clears throat> unspoken chemistry, connection, whatever, between Stefanski and Joe Flacco. It just clicked, right? It just yeah. worked. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it just hasn't clicked in that sense with Deshaun Watson yet. So I'm down for trying literally anything, whatever it takes. I'm, I'm, you want to throw out a crazy idea? A tour bus? Walk the, walk the Hollywood Walk of Fame together? I don't give a rat's ass what you want to suggest to get them on the same page, but just spending time together, get to know each other. Help develop that chemistry, and maybe you can learn a thing or two about Deshaun and vice versa. Deshaun learns a thing or two about Dorsey and Stefanski that when push comes to shove in the fourth quarter, 
something you kind of learn about that person. You won't find out how they react in a pressure situation, but something you learn about them in that situation could then come back into play in a football scenario three, four months down the road. I mean, I, I don't feel like they their relationship wasn't great. Uh, oh, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying Flacco came in and it was immediate. Well, Flacco like, came in. Boom. Flacco came in with the I'm playing with house money. Like I'm, yeah. I'm just let the ball fly type thing. I think Deshaun it was more. I got to get back into the groove of myself, you know. And I think once he started getting there, right, boom, he got hurt and he had to deal with all these injuries. And he's gonna have to do that again this year, coming off the shoulder injury. Yeah, technically. So I think it's just going to be one of those things. He's going to start off slow and then ramp up. I'm not insi- before you go, Jason. I'm not insinuating it's a bad relationship. Like that's not what I'm, I'm just saying. Whatever it takes to bring that relationship from wherever it is, good to great, great to impeccable, impeccable to the greatest relationship ever, to take that next step. I'm all for trying anything. One thing that AB said the other day that struck me when when Deshaun first came here, I know that there was there was a, I, I won't say it was a concerted effort, but there was a thought of let's try and limit some of the unnecessary hits that Deshaun takes. We don't want Jalen Hurts out here running around getting killed for no reason. And yet, it just feels like next year, they're just going to let Deshaun do whatever he wants to do. Because A.B. was asked, is there any sort of fear of you need to protect him coming off this bizarre shoulder injury that doesn't happen very often? And do you, do you need to like protect him, or do you just cut him loose and let him go? And, and Andrew said it'll be more of the latter. And it just that just tells me that between restructuring this entire offense and now like just cutting him loose for two years now, he has not played up to the level. He's had some good moments last year. I don't want to, I don't want to misconstrue that. He had some good games last year and some good moments. But I think we can all sit here and say, has he lived up to the expectation that we thought he would after two years? I can say I don't think he has. Do you think he has? No. no. But I think it's all for that. I think the difference between him and Joe was Joe was cut loose. Joe was like. I'm going to let it fly. Joe had nothing to lose. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But there's yeah. a difference in cutting Joe Flacco loose from the pocket and just ripping it around the field and cutting Deshaun Watson loose on scrambles and, and bootlegs and everything else where you're exposing him to hits. And that's what I'm yeah. saying. What, I yeah. think next year they're going to cut him well, loose his thing and let him is, do whatever he wants. He, I think he's smart enough. He gets down, though. I don't think he, like, lowers his shoulder. He's not like Anthony Richardson or Josh Allen. No, but he takes some hits. I mean, he's, throughout he's his entire career, he takes some hits. He better get down. <laughs> and even, even going back, even to, even his big brother Cam Newton, even you better get down. Yeah. But <laughs> you go back to his days in Houston. Like Deshaun was best as an improviser, and yeah. that's, that's not a knock. That's a, like very few quarterbacks are best in that situation. And, and Mahomes is. And you look at guys around the league. Uh, Lamar Jackson is like the. I don't La- say the, Lamar gets down. Uh, even Josh Allen, to the extent, is, a, is an improviser. He, he, his show. But different bill. But I'm just saying, like. When I say he's best as an improviser, that's not a knock on what Deshaun does. He's just best when he's Patty out there Mahomes, playing back Mahomes improviser. That, that's my point. And if it takes, you want to say cutting it loose, you want to say taking the, the restraints off, however you want to phrase it, letting Deshaun kind of control whether it's the full ability to call any audible he wants to play, change a route, whatever he needs to do to maximize what he does best, which is, and don't, he plays backyard football. But I mean that like once again, Mahomes, like in the best way possible, let him kind of take advantage of what he does that other quarterbacks can't. And even he said it, you know, when it was talking about the first fifteen. I don't think that's what he meant to say, but he's like, I just like kind of going out there, let me see what's happening, I'll read the defense, I'll adjust however I adjust, and then I'll make the best play possible for our team. Whatever it takes to get Deshaun to doing that for 50, 60 plays a game, I'm all for. Like whatever it takes, let it rip. 
And I think it's what you're going to see. I think they're going to, I think they're at the point of saying, listen, this, we're going into year three now. This has to work. We have to make this work. Here we go. Like, what do you want? There's no, Whatever you there's want no to point do, holding anything back now, do. right? Like, there's no... It has to work. Yeah. Like, if it doesn't work this year, that's what I wrote today. Like, if it doesn't work this year, it'll be really interesting to see... I don't want to get too far off track. <laughs> it, but it'll be interesting to see whether or not they re- re- restructure his contract this, this offseason or not. Was it, this offseason? Wasn't Barry, wasn't Barry yeah. asked about that? Yeah, I asked him. And he gave me a two-word answer and moved on very quickly. He didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on what, it. What was the answer? He said, not necessarily. I said, do you need to restructure Deshaun again this offseason? He said, not necessarily. What's the next question? Like, he didn't want to talk about it anymore. But because the more that you restructure a contract, the harder it is to get out of at the end, the more painful it is at the end to get out of. And they've done a really nice job of, like, I, I wrote it for today. Like, they, they nailed the cap in terms of projecting how, I, how high it was going to go. Barry said it fell without specific numbers. It, it landed about where they thought it would. And they did a really nice job. They picked the right contracts to restructure. Um, in terms of like Miles last year and Njoku last year, Joel was a little bit of a risk just because he's getting a little bit older. Wyatt coming off the calf last year was a little bit of a risk, but they 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 picked the right guys. Obviously, they've already restructured Denzel. Now we'll see if they restructure Deshaun again because they've already the cap number this year is sixty four million. If they restructure it and lower it to a more manageable number, well now you're going to push next year's number over seventy million. And then you're going to push more dead money to the end when he's not even under contract. And that's where Atlanta really kind of burned itself. Atlanta went back and restructured Matt Ryan one too many times, and they got whacked with a $40 million dead cap charge when Ryan was finishing his career in Indianapolis. He wasn't even on the roster. Atlanta still had a $40 million cap hole on their cap. So that's what you're trying to avoid. So it's, it's, it, it doesn't, I don't want to make too much of it because it doesn't necessarily mean they want out of Deshaun if they don't restructure it. But it's just curious. If they don't restructure, it's a lot easier to get out of at the end. If it doesn't work and you need to find an exit strategy, I think at the end of this year is when you start talking about if he has another poor year, whether through injury or something else, I think they really have to start having honest conversations of an exit strategy or or what (coughs) they do here. It's going to be a lot harder to do that if they do restructure this. But because of the cap spike, because of some of the other decisions they've made, they don't necessarily, Andrew said, they don't necessarily have to restructure it. And that – I don't, I don't want it to make it sound like if they don't restructure it, that means they're trying to get out of it. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying if they do restructure it, it will be a lot harder to get out of at the end. And Tyson, I'm curious to your opinion on that one sec, but just so everyone knows, if they were to restructure his contract, it would open about $35 million, right? That'd yeah, but yeah. I mean, well, it depends on how they do it. Last year, I think it was $35, 36000000 million. And by doing that, you, turn it, you convert it into signing bonus, and then you push the money forward. So the cap number for this year was supposed to be $55 million, but after they restructured it, it became 64 this year, 64 and then it's a $9 million dead cap charge the year after his contract expires. So you just keep kicking the can down the road, and the snowball just builds the more you restructure that contract. Okay, Tavs, thoughts? Uh, I think Deshaun will have a great season this season. For, I don't know why I feel like that. I think that they'll do something – that will make this fan base go, oh, my God. Andrew Barry does it every year. He, he gets somebody or brings somebody in that gets everybody excited about the season. So I don't expect nothing different there. Um, as far as the re- restructuring the contract go, I mean, at, you always said at some point, they're going to have to pay the bill. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it, no matter what you do, at some point, the hits go hit. If you pick the right guys, it mitigates the damage. Philadelphia's done a really nice job 
with restructuring the right guys. Like Philly's been the model of this. They pick the right guys every year. They move money around, and they've never really been. So is Amari Cooper that guy? That What's that? Is Amari Cooper the other guy? This well, I mean, it's going to be Chubb. You make, like, yeah. Chubb's going to oh, be yeah. the guy now, and maybe Cooper. I, I don't know. We'll see who else. I mean, they already if they did restructure their contracts. How much do you think they can? Well, Chubb, you're going to probably get four or five million off of that. I would think you're going to turn it. Although I I don't know. Like Chubb is really interesting because it's not guaranteed. And it's so it, how long they want to stretch it out. Right? Yeah, and it's not even really a restructure with him because there's not guaranteed money. It's, it's an extension. It's we're not going to give you the six. We're not going to give you this eleven you got coming to you. Now, can we come up with a number that we can both agree on, and then give you incentives to make the rest of it back? Type thing, so, so that's he could different. say he could say I'll take five and a half, and but give me three in incentives, six in incentives, yeah, yeah. up yeah. to eleven, really, whatever. I mean, they, whatever. I mean, he's, he's, he's I, I don't know what they're going to settle on as a as and 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 because it would be a new deal, like you could make it more mostly signing bonus in year one, uh, like they did with Deshaun. Mm-hmm. So there's there's all kinds of ways around it, and the one advantage that the Browns have, real quick on this, while the the fact that. Jimmy Haslam does have the Cash amount of wealth money. that he does. Yes. Yeah. It makes it not all. I mean, look at the Bengals. Paid not up. all owners are liquid to where, I mean. Paid up for, we talked about Tuesday. They, they, the d- Browns have done a terrific job of paying and, and structuring contracts to get guys money up front yeah. and pay it in hand. Like we, Dalvin Tomlinson's cap hit has well, been $10 million over the last two years. He's been paid $30 million. Well, this is, since, since we have such a great owner in Jimmy in D. Haslam, who does a tremendous job. I think that y'all do an unbelievable job of paying people for what they're going to be. Now, maybe not necessarily what they are at the Are you the asking moment. for a raise? And the reason that I bring that up is because I think that this guy on y'all radio staff <laughs> by the name of Tyvis Powell, I think, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's one of the greatest, but I think he does a pretty good job in the pregame and postgame, not only handling the callers, but he does an excellent job of being a voice for athletes and coaches, and he does just a really unique perspective that for some odd reason after he says something on the radio and we go interview the players or the coaches, they literally say exactly what Tyvis said. I think that he does such a tremendous job that we should take care of him and just extend him a raise. You looking for a Joku money or No, I don't want a Joku mug. I don't want none of that. Like you I'm just, you know, you put an extra two hundred dollars on my check. <laughs> you know, like, like I That's I, a big plea for two hundred dollars. I just two hundred dollars on my check. I, like, I don't want I'm not asking for thousands of put dollars. Put an extra zero on yeah, there. No, after no, no, that no, 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 no. Cause I, I want to continue to keep, you know, I want to keep progressing. But just an extra two, maybe three hundred dollars on my check. You know, I would greatly appreciate. It'd go a long way. You know, I got two kids. I want to, you know, start putting their college funds away. This would be a great job. You could think of it that way. You know, you're help. What, <laughs> what is that? I got uh, a we question, take, but Aunt, we got one more. Request. Well, real quick, we had to take the money out of the budget and the camera. Sorry, times. <laughs> Yeah, guys, uh, before we wrap up today's show, I actually have a shameless self-plug for our last little break here today. I'm recording. I got invited on my first podcast tonight, and I am getting to talk all things video games with the Showboys podcast, who are a fan of the show. It's going to premiere next (coughs) Thursday night, and I'm recording it tonight. We're going to talk about the console wars, and it's a huge March Madness series that they're putting on over there, five episodes in total, and I'm really excited about it. Oh, boy. I wanted to give those guys a shout-out for inviting me on, and I'm really hyped to do it tonight. Our little Anthony Antonelli growing up. What game are you breaking down, are you just – so we have 16 Xbox exclusive titles that we're going over to tonight. 
and we got to pick the best one out of those 16, and then they'll have episodes on PlayStation, Nintendo, and PC later on with other people, and I'll be back for the championship. Around. Nice. It was the Showboys podcast, you said? Showboys podcast. You can check them out over on YouTube. There's some fans of the show. Really nice guys. Love them. They made that graphic for me. That wasn't even me. Nice. Uh, one more question on the restructures. So if they don't do Deshaun, and let, for number's sake, let's just say it's $35 million for Deshaun, right? If okay. they're restructured. <coughs> If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Who else could they restructure Coopers on the last year of his deal? Chubb will give you a couple million. If they want to go big fish hunting in free agency, which maybe they don't, but if they do, they're going to need to find some more money. Who else could they restructure to get to that, you know. I mean, they 30, could always go months. back and look at the contracts they've already. They could do miles again, I guess. Theoretically, they could go back and hit the contracts they've already hit. I don't have the entire list in front of me. They're already under the cap. After the award, they are about they're, four million. Yeah, under they're now, already yeah. under. Uh, but obviously, you want a little bit more space than that because they got a lot of work to do still in free agency. We're bringing back their own guys and everything else. So Chubb's going to free up. Uh, some money for them. They could do look at Cooper, although I don't know that I would. Cooper's on a last year's deal. It's tough to restructure a yeah. last year. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to extend him yeah. at that point. Uh, Miles, they could do again. Jack Conklin. Conklin's interesting. I don't know what they're going to do there. If you if you restructure, I, I would go to him and say, "Can we get the money back?" <laughs> Well, that's not happening. He's going to tell you no. That's we, not happening. Can we get the money back? Leo Tyvis, $200 extra dollars. What if, <laughs> what if, what if he something? retires? Still, Why would he do that? <laughs> Just ask out of, out of curiosity. What if he was like, you know. Do you know still get I, paid your guaranteed money if it's a retirement? I feel like you shouldn't. No, I don't believe you do. No. Yeah, I feel like you shouldn't. Yeah, you do. That team still controls your rights, right? For <laughs> Why would he the do that? the contract. How many years he got left on it? Three? Don't matter. It's guaranteed money. No, I think I'm talking he's got about two left. Two left. Two left. Yeah. I think so it was he, a three. He, was he, it a three-year deal or four-year? Three, four. I don't remember. So you telling me he's got to get up for the next two years and continue to train? I mean, I take time away from his family. He's had two massive knee injuries now on that. I'm knee. trying to. I'm trying to push him into retirement. <laughs> you you want to get up for two more years? Spend take time away from your family. It's a four year. Get your body all oh, wow. beat up. So they got three years left on that. <laughs> you know, your body's gonna get all yeah, beat he, up uh, again. Yeah, that that's that's look worth his cap hit in twenty twenty four. So this year twelve million. His cap hit twenty twenty five and twenty six nineteen and a half. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't going anywhere. Wow. <laughs> he, he gonna save now. He'll pro- now his dead cap. I'm good. So th- his his dead cap's more than his actual cap number this season. But next season, if they were to cut him after 2024, the dead cap number is just eight million mm-hmm. as opposed to 19 and a half. Watch so he's he, probably getting cut next offseason. Watch he have a phenomenal year this year too. Everyone would be thrilled. I think he's gonna have. Everyone a really be good thrilled. Uh, Andrew Berry did say all three tackles expected to be fully healthy by the start of training camp, which means I don't anticipate Dewan, Jed Wills, or Conklin being traded at any point this offseason? I don't know. Jed Wills could get traded. Who are you putting it left? I don't know. That's the only problem. Yeah. Do you think a team would take Conklin? I I just – No. I don't know. Yeah, it takes two to tango. I don't don't know who's taking that contract. With the contract and the severity of that knee injury, (coughs) 
That's a hard. So I don't know what they're going to do there because I don't think you can sit DeJuan. You, 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 not without Bill being there. Yeah, I don't think you. I think you're running a real risk if you sit that guy because he's going to get right back up yep. to 450. Yep. You got. He's got to play. He's got to play. <coughs> and he was great last year. He was great. He, he was very good. He was awesome. Yeah, he was very good. You could argue he was. Conklin didn't play enough, but I thought he was better in the limited action we saw than Jed Will. So, well, no, we're going to overtime, man. What's on the docket for overtime today? Emo Jimmy Butler is back, and he did a song with Fallout Boy, and I'm so excited to talk about it. This is right up Anthony's alley. We'll see you on overtime. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.